The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. Well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Was your Christmas really merry? I mean, where was there some turmoil or tension or maybe some chaos that you really, maybe you didn't expect or you did see it coming? But either way, it took the merry out of Christmas. In fact, now you just say Christmas uh, and because it, it doesn't feel so merry. Uh, maybe for you, the reason why there's turmoil and tension is, right, because that's either something you're thinking or it's a challenge in a relationship. And so there's turmoil there. And often it's because there's some situation where it feels like it's never enough. I mean, maybe you're investing time into a relationship and no matter how much time you put in, it's just, it's never enough. Or, or maybe um, you're, you're giving a gift, but it doesn't feel like it's ever enough. And part of that is because you're trying to make up for something. And so no matter what you give, it's not enough. Or maybe you know you messed something up. Maybe you said something during the holidays you shouldn't have said. Or maybe you hurt someone or offended someone. Or maybe you've done something before. Maybe it's something that happened way back in the past. But no matter what you do, no matter what you say, it just feels like it's never enough. There's just like this ongoing tension that exists in a relationship or there's this turmoil that you feel inside and there's just nothing you can do to make up for it. And it just seems to hang over you like a cloud during the holidays. And so what do you do when it feels like there's, it's never enough? I mean, I know in relationships, uh, when there's that turmoil, often you could pull away, right? Maybe you didn't even get together with somebody during the holidays simply because there's tension. Or maybe you guys got together, but you avoided that person or you avoided that conversation or you did small talk, but it wasn't deeply meaningful, all because there's this turmoil or tension that divides relationships. And maybe you feel that way toward God. And as a result, there's some gap in your relationship with God. So you celebrate Christmas and you celebrate the holidays, but it feels like God is like an unwanted guest in the home. And so you kind of keep a distance. Maybe you've avoided church or Christians. Maybe you avoid conversations with people that you know believe in God because you're trying to keep your distance. You don't want to go there. Um, I, I want to say thank you for joining us online this week. And I, I know that you're all joining us through a device, right? Maybe you're behind, you're watching through uh, your TV or you're watching on your computer or your, your device. I want to say thank you for joining us online. We hope that you not only join us, but that you engage with us. Throw a comment out there. Let us know where you're joining us from. Let us know who's joining with you. Um, but I just want to say thank you for joining us online, especially those of you that maybe it's difficult to come out to church. Maybe for you, you feel like church is a place where you get judged or condemned. Uh, maybe for you, you, what makes you uncomfortable about coming out to church is Christians, because you're uncomfortable with people who believe in God. But you want, you want to pursue God or you want to connect with God, but you just, man, it's difficult for you. The Apostle Paul wrote a letter to the church in Colossae addressing this issue of people who had created a gap between them and God. And so what they did was they buried the relationship with God under a mountain of religion, a bunch of rules as their way to try to earn their way back to God. 
The challenge with religion is it's never enough. No matter what you do, no matter how much you give, no matter how much you attend church, no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you read the Bible, no matter what you give, it's never enough because you're trying to earn your way back to relationship with God. And so the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to the church in Colossae. Now, this is a, a has-been city, right? Like, meaning their best days were behind them. And in fact, in many ways, Colossae, they were trying to get back to the good old days. And then you have this little church that the Apostle Paul helped start, a little church that had gotten buried in big religion. And the Apostle Paul wrote this letter specifically to address this issue of basically saying, you don't need all the religion. You don't need all the rules. You don't need to be doing all this stuff. You need to just come back to Jesus. And so as you read the letter to the Colossian church, that's really what the Apostle Paul is doing. He's trying to like reignite a flame in there of just loving God and being loved by God. And so in order to do this, he has to explain to them what the real gap is between them and God, what's really causing turmoil and tension. And sometimes we have to do this in relationship. What really is causing the problem? And so let me just jump in. You go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 21. The Apostle Paul kind of gives you the big problem. Here it is. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Wow, there's a mouthful. I mean, talk about a killjoy. If I was having a great Christmas and wasn't feeling like turmoil, now I am, right? Like, man, Patrick, thanks for ruining this for all of us. Like, you're saying that we're enemies with God, at least in our minds, because of our evil behavior, and we feel distant from God. Well, he says, once you were alienated, but that you includes you and me and everybody that's watching with you right now, like all of us are in this together. We all at one point or another have felt distant, have felt far from God and felt like enemies of God. Well, why? Because here's the thing, what, what the Apostle Paul is saying is that in every one of our lives, there's this moment when we realize that we've done wrong. We messed this thing up. We, we did something that wrecked our relationship with God. And the challenge is that we were all born this way. We were all born set up and separated from God. As a, not because of the way you thought, not because of what you have felt, right? So I think the wrong thing. I realize, you know, man, I did something wrong. And so he goes, it's not just because of your thinking. It's not because of just how you feel. It's not just that I feel far from God. Jesus taught, and throughout the Bible, you kind of read this, that we were all born separated from God. We were born enemies of God because of a spiritual problem, a spiritual gap between us and God. We were separated from relationship with God because of sin. Not something we do, but who we are, who I am. My identity is bent against God. I wanted to do the wrong thing. Therefore, I did the wrong thing. And sin separates us from relationship with God, which means we go through our life never feeling good enough, always feeling like we can't do enough for God or to earn our way to God or earn our way to heaven. And so we go through life separated from God. And where does that lead? Well, it leads to a forever far from God, a forever experiencing the eternal judgment, an eternal death sentence. And so the Apostle Paul is just simply acknowledging this, that we all feel distant from God. And as a result, 
are, what we think in our minds is that I am an enemy of God because of the way I've behaved. So then he provides the answer, right? Because what's the way out? How do you get out of this guilt, this shame, this turmoil that I feel inside? Because I want to get rid of it. Well, um, kind of there's two, there, there's a few ways that people try to get rid of that turmoil. The one is they just go, if, if that's who God is, I don't want anything to do with him. In fact, I just choose not to believe in that kind of a God, a God that would tell me that I'm not good enough or a God that would set a standard that I can't measure up to. So I just choose not to believe in that God. Kind of like, you know, driving down the road and you see the speed limit and you see a police officer, and you go, yeah, I just don't really like that there are speed limits. And when the police officer pulls you over, you're like, yeah, I just choose not to believe in that, well, that doesn't mean you're not going to get a ticket. You can not believe it all you want and still get a ticket, right? You still violated the law, whether you like the law or want the law at all. Okay, so the other option is, another option is that we try to earn our way. We try to deserve our way. And that's what they were doing in the church in Colossae. They had just piled on all this religion and these bizarre superstitions. So they were trying to do things to make themselves feel better and more spiritual they were trying to act religious, but it wasn't fixing the problem. And so the Apostle Paul, he gives the answer. So we'll just keep reading in Colossians chapter 1, verse 22, where he, the Apostle Paul writes this. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusations. The Apostle Paul is saying, here's the answer. Here, here's what... God did for you. Jesus restores better than before. I, I, I wrote it out that way because I want you to know that Jesus doesn't just fix the problem. Jesus restores us to relationship with God, which makes that relationship better than before. Often when we want to fix something, we want to bring it back to the way it previously was. I, I remember I was in a, uh, a car accident. I was driving down the road. There was some ice and snow on the ground. I, I hit the brakes and my car didn't stop. And I just entered right into an intersection and I hit another car. Um, it was my fault. I should have slowed down sooner. It was my fault. I entered the intersection and hit that car. That person, you know, the ambulance had to come. Fortunately, I, mean, I don't think they were, there was any, like, permanent serious injury, but serious enough that they had to go away in, in an ambulance and their car had to get, you know, my insurance had to step, step in and, you know, pay for the repairs and pay for the, you know, the medical issues. I was fine and my car had some minor, in, you know, some damage to it. But from that point forward, in fact, anytime I think about that accident, in fact, I've thought about it since, even as I talk about it now. And so many times, you know what I've wanted? Just to get those seconds back. Just to like go back in time and just like, couldn't I have just hit the brakes earlier? Couldn't I have recognized that the conditions were a little bit more dangerous and I needed to slow down? What I wanted to do was, is, was to recover what was lost. How can I undo what I did? And isn't that what we often try to do? We try to put the pieces back together. Maybe, maybe it's brokenness in your marriage or in a relationship. But what you want to do is put the pieces back to the way they were before. But isn't it amazing that no matter how much you try to put it back, you know, how much you try to recover what was lost, at best, you're recovering it to a previous state of brokenness, right? Like we, when my car got repaired, the funny thing is, after all the bills and all the repairs, there was still the ding on the back of my car. There was still that dent on the other side, right? Like it doesn't make it brand new. You're just recovering what was 
lost, you're just putting it back together in a previously broken state. And, and that's what we do, right? When we try to fix a relationship, when we try to repair what's been broken. But God doesn't do that. What, what the Apostle Paul said is, is that we are completely reconciled to God, something we never experienced in this lifetime. So what God does is he, inter, he intervened and he intervenes in our story. He, he recognizes that we're never going to be good enough. We're never going to do enough. There's nothing we can do to earn our way or deserve our way to heaven. And so heaven comes down. When we couldn't get to heaven, God, what God did was he intervened by coming from heaven to earth. He stepped away from his throne in heaven to come into our world to rescue us. So outside of heaven, God himself took on our shame, our guilt, the stuff that creates turmoil in our lives, and put it on himself so that Jesus died in our place. He, he took on the sin that we carry. He took on our eternal death sentence. And, he, and when he died, he died in his physical body. That's what the Apostle Paul writes. Like, in his physical body, he took on our shame, our guilt, our eternal death sentence, so that he died once for all. So that anyone who believes in Jesus Christ by faith is forgiven. I, I, lo I love the way the Apostle Paul wrote it in 1 Corinthians, uh, in Colossians chapter 1, verse 20. He says this, through him, right, through, through Jesus, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. What did Jesus do? He came and he took on all of our pain, all of our problems, all of our shame, all of our guilt, all of our sin, our eternal death sentence. And through him and his death on the cross, he reconciles us to relationship with himself. Jesus not only died, but he rose from the dead. And in his resurrection, he gives us victory, right? Like when we were not enough, Jesus became enough. And then he became victorious over our sin, over our death, over our eternal death sentence. So that when we believe in Jesus, we are both forgiven and given new and forever life. And so I, I just want to encourage you. Maybe you've been trying really hard. No matter how much you try, it's not enough. Or maybe there's turmoil in your life. Maybe it's a relationship where no matter what you do, you don't feel like it's enough. No matter how many times you've said you're sorry, it's not enough. Maybe, maybe you're doing that with God and you're using religion as a tool to try to be enough. So maybe you're doing really religious things, but it's not enough. And so you're wearing yourself out, right? Because that's a problem with religion is it's never enough. And some of you have given up on church. You've given up on religion because you feel like no matter what you put in, it's just never enough because you're trying to earn your way or deserve your way. And I just want to encourage you, like, you can step back from that. That's what the Apostle Paul was saying. Hey, every one of us, we're far from God. Every one of us in our thinking, we're, we're enemies of God because of our bad behaviors. So God, he didn't discard us. He came to us. He stepped from heaven to earth to rescue us from being far from him. How did he do that? By coming close to us. And then he invites us into relationship with him. That's what he means by saying uh, he reconciled himself with us, right? Like we're reconciled to God. And so I want to invite you. Would you make that commitment right now? Maybe you have felt far from God. Maybe you have felt like you were talking to a closed heaven. Maybe, maybe you feel like you're distant from God. And I just want you to know that God closed the gap between you and him. 
He became more than enough so that you can have relationship with him. And you can make that commitment right now, just simply believing in Jesus by faith. You can receive God's love. You can receive God's forgiveness. You can receive new life through him. And so how do you do that? By simply saying yes to Jesus by faith, by believing in him from your heart. Doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter what you're doing right now. Um, you can just pause and pray and say, God, I believe in you. Would you forgive me and give me new life? If you're making that commitment, would you let us know? I mean, some of you, you're, you're, you're in a place where you can write in the chat section. Uh, you can just make a comment like, I believe in Jesus, or I want to believe in Jesus. Um, but for every one of you, if you're making that commitment, and would you make that right now? Would you let us know by texting the name Jesus to 81411? Again, just shoot us a quick text. Why? Because we want to follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this new relationship with God. I want to encourage you that when you believe in Jesus by faith, you are more than enough because God is more than enough in your life. When, when you say yes to Jesus, God's spirit comes into your spirit and he transforms you. He reconciles you to right relationship with God. And something amazing happens. In fact, that's what Paul is getting at. What happens when you are reconciled to right relationship with God? Well, what you do is you're restored to a relationship that's better than before. It's better than you could have ever imagined. It was better than you have ever experienced before in your life. That's what God does. God always wants to give you better than before. Uh, and so the, the takeaway I want you to have, right, is he says this. He goes, you are reconciled. Only God's love restores better than before. Meaning only God's love reconciles us to a relationship with him that is better than before. You and I have never known the kind of love God has when we are outside of relationship with God. And so God in his love comes to us. He, he gives his life for us. He rises from the dead victorious over our sin, victorious over death, and victorious over the judgment that we deserve because of sin. And so he restores us to relationship with him, making that relationship better than before. How? Through his love. And one of the overriding themes that you see throughout all of scripture, all of the history of how God interacts with man is that God is good and loving. That's right. There's a lot of attributes of God, but there's only one that like literally scripture says, God is love. And it's his love that pursues us. It was God's love that caused him to step away from heaven into earth to come close to us, to bring us close to him, to reconcile us to relationship with God. God loves you so much that he didn't want to spend forever without you. And so he came to you to rescue you, to forgive you and to, to let you know that you're never going to do enough. You're never going to give enough. You're never going to pray enough. You're never going to do enough religion. So he, he removes the, the burden of religion and says, I'm enough. Jesus is enough. He's more than enough to rescue us and reconcile us to relationship with God. God doesn't want to just do more for you. He doesn't want to just give you more. He wants you to know that he is more than enough. What we gain from relationship with God is just that. We gain God. We gain relationship with God. And what we discover is that's what we've always needed. We were trying to do all of this to try to feel like enough or do enough. And what we really needed all along was just relationship with God. And if you've believed in 
Jesus for, maybe you've been believing in Jesus for a little while or for a long time, for many years. You, you know this as well as I do. You can get trapped in trying to do more. And trying to give more, you get trapped in religion, right? Because it's kind of a cycle that we get caught in. Because we stop, we, we start, we lose that sense that Jesus is enough. And what you and I need to do is just get back to God's love. Get back to loving the God that loves us, that knows us deeply and personally, and wants us to know him deeply and personally. And in that, there's an important piece and it's this, right? So I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump back and just kind of uh, remind you of what he says. He goes, he goes, you're reconciled to God, right? And he goes like this. And what that does is it removes the accusations. He says, um, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through the death, through his death to present you holy in his sight. And then he, he, he writes this, right? Without blemish and free from accusations. Imagine, imagine in your life, you could be washed completely clean. Every, every ounce of shame, every element of guilt, everything you've ever done wrong that you've carried with you that you feel like you've got to make up for, you got to, you got to say, I'm sorry enough. Imagine all that was removed. Here's what, here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. God's forgiveness restores better than before. That's right, you're forgiven. When we believe in Jesus by faith and we are reconciled to right relationship with God, that relationship doesn't bring with it a bunch of shame and guilt, which means you don't always have to keep apologizing. Some of you, even in your prayer time, you, you, just, you spend most of your prayer time saying, I'm sorry, God, please forgive me. That's religion. That's a trap, that's shame and that's guilt. I'm not saying you don't ever have to say, I'm sorry, or say, God, please forgive me, of course. When, when, when God's spirit shows me, reveals in my heart that I did something wrong, I'm going to ask God to forgive me. But I don't need to spend my time saying, God, please forgive me. I don't need to consume all of my prayer times with the, God, please forgive me. I don't have to say a bunch of prayers trying to hope that my words somehow are going to be enough to cause God to forgive me. God chooses to forgive and what he wants is real, true relationship with us. He wants to reconcile that relationship. And so you know that you're forgiven, which means the blemishes between you and God are removed. The stains in your heart, the stains in, on your conscience, the, the, it's in your thinking, right? He says, in our minds, we're enemies with God. I want you to know that you are no longer an enemy of God. You're a friend of God. And what that brings with it is peace. Man, during a season where we sing and we say, quoting the Bible, that Jesus came to bring peace on earth, goodwill to men, boy, it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of peace or goodwill. But God reconciled us to relationship with him, offered forgiveness so that there's peace between us and God, which means you no longer have to feel the tension or turmoil that you have felt between you and God. You're forgiven which means it's removed. Stains, the shame are gone. But he also says accusations are removed. It's not God that's accusing you, right? It's that we feel like others look at us and they remember what we've done wrong. But I want you to know that when you are forgiven by God, you are loved by God, you are restored better than before, what that means is you're not carrying around accusation. 
You don't have to worry that someone's accusing you. You don't have to worry that someone's judging you. God sees you as not only forgiven, but all accusations are removed. You and I will go into eternity and there'll be no accusations waiting for us. Well, Patrick did this. Patrick said that. Patrick saw this. Patrick acted that way. No, no, no. The accusations are gone, which means I have peace in my relationship with God. The turmoil is healed. You have peace with God right now. And here's what happens when you have peace. No matter what's happening around you, no matter what tension is in your home, or no matter what went wrong during the holidays, or it's regardless of what is wrong around you, there's something right inside of you. I am in right relationship with God. I'm forgiven. I'm loved by God. I have peace with God. And, and, and just a few verses later, the Apostle Paul says this, now I rejoice in what was suffered for you. Paul's writing that from prison, from prison, where you normally go because you did something really wrong. The Apostle Paul is saying, I know that I didn't do anything wrong. I'm here because I'm suffering on behalf of sharing this good news with anyone and everyone. It's because I'm, I'm suffering because of you, because of the good news that I'm sharing with you. I, I'm suffering because I wanted to share with anyone and everyone the good news of God's love. And he goes, and I'm celebrating, I'm rejoicing in the fact that I could suffer for you. You can only say that if you have peace with God because now he knows he's in prison, a place of suffering, a place of judgment, not because he deserved it, not because he's suffering because he did something wrong, but simply because I'm here and I'm experiencing this suffering, and this is part of my journey, but my relationship with God is right. Therefore, Paul interprets his suffering through a lens of being in right relationship with God. When you have right relationship with God, you don't interpret suffering as punishment. It's just part of the process. It's part of the journey. And I want you to know that whatever you're experiencing right now, it might not be punishment. It might just be part of the process, part of the journey. We live in a broken world. And because I live in a broken world, I don't have to interpret all the suffering I'm experiencing as punishment, but as part of the journey, and so now I'm in right relationship with God. I have peace with God, which means I have, which, which means I have peace in the midst of my suffering. I want you to know that God loves you so much. And he forgives you. You and I can experience a restored relationship with God that is better than before. And so I want to take a moment and just pray that over you, that you would experience the kind of love and the kind of forgiveness, the kind of peace that gives you a relationship with God that's better than you've ever experienced. Would you pray with me right now? Jesus, thank you for loving us that much. So much that when we couldn't get to you, you came to us. And you stepped down from heaven. You gave your life to give us life. You died to take on our death sentence and you rose from the dead to give us victory over death and give us eternal life. And so God, we receive that. We're reminded of your great love, your overwhelming love. We're reminded of your forgiveness and we receive that forgiveness. And now we walk in peace. Peace that vanquishes turmoil. Peace that calms our inner struggles and storms. Peace that gives us rest in the midst of the crazy around us. So God, we receive that peace right now. We wanna walk in that peace during this season. So God, across every home, Every, everyone who's joining us on, through every device, 
God, I pray that they would experience the peace of God that calms our inner turmoil and inner storms. We say this right now in Jesus, the Prince of Peace, in your name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.